Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Today, we are going to look at the last of these 10 features that constitute the image of God in humanity. You remember what we said, the first one is our capacity to speak. The second one is our capacity to write. The third one is human capacity to be creative. The fourth one is the gift of reasoning. The fifth one is man's free capacity to make rational choices. And the sixth one is man's ability, humanity's ability to choose between right and wrong. The seventh one is the fact that humanity possesses a conscience. The eighth one is the ability of man to experience heartfelt emotions and the ninth one which is what we did the last time is humanity's unique inherent religious inclination the fact that there is this desire in every human to worship and number 10 the fact that man possesses an immortal soul these 10 features is actually the foundation it is the most important of the features is the foundation upon which every single one of the other features are built and you could say that is the source that gives life life and direction to other features the essential image of god in human is that human humans are living soul that is the essential foundational features of the image of god in man the fact that man was created a living soul but what does it mean that humans are living souls you remember when we were talking about the five way in which the creation of man was actually different from other creatures when we're talking about that we did mention some of those things and we are going to actually go back to some of those teachings and expand on them but first let us read a couple of scripture first in the old testament then in the new testament praise the lord so let us read genesis chapter one we are going to read verses 26 and 27 god said let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion now let's jump to verse 27 so god created man in his own image and in the image of god created him male and female created he them genesis chapter 2 verse 7 and the lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life and man became a living soul verse 21 and the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall upon adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the lord god had taken from man made he a woman and brought her on to the man now let's read ecclesiastic chapter 12 we read verse 1 and we read verse 7 remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth why the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. But there is a spirit in man. The inspiration of the Almighty give them understanding. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward part of the belly. So the revelation in the Old Testament is that man is made up of parts. Okay, that is what we've read. We've read, and this was in the Old Testament. And we've read, there are a couple of things we've read. We can see there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, obviously, and 27, God said, let create man. But then when we go to chapter 2, we see how God actually created man. 
first of all, he formed his body. And the Bible says, then God breathed into that body. A man became what? A living soul. Now, obviously, God then took the woman out of the man. We're not going to go into that because we've done that before. So let's move on. And then when we went to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, we saw there that it talks about the fact that man, the body of man will return to the earth, is the dust. And it said the spirit shall return unto God who created it. Job chapter 32 that we read talked about the fact that there is a spirit in man. And it's the inspiration of God that gave that spirit understanding. And Proverbs chapter 20 talks about the fact that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward part of the belly. So we see that even in the Old Testament, the Old Testament revelation began to show us that man consists of parts. Okay, the real man, the real woman, the real human is that soul, is that living soul on earth. Again, we've gone through this before. We don't live here on earth as a disembodied spirit. We live here on earth as a living soul. But a living soul in this suit called the body. Okay, and we see this revelation already in the Old Testament. And our soul, obviously, is the seat of our consciousness. It's the seat of our decision making. Our soul is who we really are. In ourselves, our soul is who we really are. It is the seat of our mind, is the seat of our emotion, is the seat of our will. And one of the things we've seen in what, where we've read is that you, you and I, human, that our soul and our spirit will live throughout eternity. So those are some, some of the points that we've seen already. Even in the Old Testament that we read now, let's read some couple of scripture in the New Testament and let's see how that throw even more light on the foundation that we've already seen already in the Old Testament. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and we are going to read verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made what? A living soul. And the last Adam was made a life quickening spirit, a life-given spirit. So here, this is obviously underscoring what we read in Genesis chapter 2, that Adam was made a living soul. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So over there we see the three parts actually being put into separate parts. We have the body, we have the soul, we have the spirit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and is piercing even though the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow and is a designer of the thoughts and the intent of the Heart. So what we see reading through this scripture in the New Testament is that it throw even greater light from what we read in the Old Testament. The fact that humans are made of parts and that part is body, which is what you see, but there is what the Bible called the inner man, and we are going to read that in a bit. There's an inner man. The outward man is what you can touch, is what you can see, is what you can hear. That is the body. But the Bible says that his body soul and spirit. There is a soul, there is a spirit inside man. Man, humanity, that man, that woman is one, but is made out of three parts. Not three beings, is one being, 
but it's made out of three parts. But this three part operates as a unit, just like the different part of your car operates as a unit. There's what you can see on the outside, which is the body of the car. You can see the tire, you can see the body, you can see the seat, you can see all those shiny things. But the, the powerhouse of the vehicle itself is the engine, which is concealed in a part of the car. But that is not the same with human. But that gives us an idea that even though the car is made out of different parts, all of them, are working together. But unlike cars, where the engine is in one part of the car, actually our soul and our spirit is not in one part or in one space of our body. Our soul and our spirit is intertwined. The soul and the spirit of, of, of a man is intertwined. Okay, your brain in the head is a physical representation of the soul, but the soul is not in the brain. Okay, it's a, that's a physical representation. Your spirit and your soul is in every cell, is in every organ, is in every system of the body. You, If you open up a man on the operation table, a woman on the operation table, there is no cavity where you say, oh, this is where the soul is. Oh, this is where the spirit is. No, because your, your our body is built around our spirit. Our body grows. Our body moves. But our spirit really, our body is like a cloth that is built around our soul, our, our spirit. And that is important for us to understand. And the fact that one of this part, one of these three parts operates on behalf of and for the benefit of the whole. In other words, what one part does affect the three. Okay, and what affects one affects the other. And the three of them influences each other. Obviously, the spirit and the soul, what the Bible calls the inner man, operate through the body in the physical realm. And the body can also actually affect an exact influence on the spirit and the soul. It is very important for us to understand this. And oftentimes, like I, I, I've been saying, oftentimes when the Bible talks about the spirit and the soul, the spirit and the soul are often spoken of as one. So oftentimes the Bible talks about the outward man and the inward man. Let's read a couple of that from the scripture. Okay, let us read Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6. I'll just read a few of them. He said that God will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit. Where? In the inner man that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That's another word that sometimes is used for the inward man, for the inner man. Sometimes the Bible uses the word heart for the combination of the soul and the spirit. Now that is not exclusively. The Bible uses the word heart sometimes for when it's talking primarily about the spirit or when it's talking about the soul, but oftentimes the Bible uses the word heart for the combination of them. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man, that is what you see, what you know, what you put label on, what you what you speak to and speak back to you. But he said, even though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So you can see that oftentimes the Bible will connect the soul and the spirit together and call it the inward man. First Peter chapter 3 verse 3 talk, call it the hidden man of the heart, the hidden woman of the heart. So you will see that oftentimes the Bible use these terms to talk about the soul and the spirit. And where we read in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it actually tells us that it's only the word of God that can really dis design and separate the soul and the spirit. Because forever, for eternity, the soul of a man, the soul of a woman will never, never be separated from his spirit. Now in death, 
our soul and spirit will be separated from our mortal body in death. Death will separate the soul and the spirit or the inward man, the inward woman from the outward man. That is our mortal body will be separated from the other two parts in death. Not, not, not forever because at resurrection for those people that are going to spend eternity with Jesus, they are going to then re- receive a new body. And we are going to, we are, there's, there's a graphic I'm going to show us, I've shown us before. So for those people that are going to spend eternity with him, they are not going to live eternity as a disembodied living soul. No, we are going to get another body. It will not be a mortal body like we have. It's going to be a new body. It's going to be a resurrected body, just like the Lord Jesus Christ has a resurrected body. The body that is not tied down to to this world, the resurrected body of our Lord Jesus Christ was able to pass through a closed door, the wall. So we are going to have a resurrected body. But in this life, it's only death that will be able to separate our body from our soul and from our spirit. And what I was saying is that nothing, will separate our soul from the spirit. It's only the word of God that can actually penetrate between the soul and the spirit. Okay, now it is very, very important that we understand it now. Our spirit and our body links us to the two reality that we partake of in this life. God gives us a body so that it can connect us to the natural reality. Our body links us and connect us. And through our body, we can interact and manipulate the physical known reality. But our spirit links us to the spiritual reality of God, like the presence of the spirit of God, like the the spiritual reality of God. So our body links us to the physical natural realm. Our spirit links us to the spiritual realm of God. And when the Bible talks about our heart, our spirit being dead, that is a spirit that has lost connection. That is a spirit that has lost a link with the the spiritual realm of God. That is a dead spirit. And every single human being, their spirit is dead because sin has cut us off from that connection. But when we are born again, that connection is restored and we can now have fellowship with God. So this is what we have seen now in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So what we have seen, we are looking at, remember we are on number 10. We said that this last final future, which is the essential future of the image of God is man, is the fact that humanity has immortal soul, the fact that we are living soul. Now let's put this a little bit in a graphic form. Again, like I said, this was this was actually a graphic we've used before. So on earth, this is how we look like. We look like we are one, but actually we are three part in one. So we have the body, which is what we often see, but we have the soul and we have the spirit. Oftentimes in the world, what we see is just the body, but we know that in that body is the soul and the spirit. We are tripartite being, even though we are one. Our body is made out of physical material and our soul and our spirit are made out of what? Spiritual material. And when a man or a woman died, what happened? The, The body, which is here, dies, falls down, and what we have there is the combination of the soul and the spirit, and they will live, like we read in the book of Ecclesiastes, I believe, they will go back to God that created it. And that is very, very important for us to understand. So we are talking about the the image of God in man. Every spirit 
will return back to God who created it. Every spirit will return back to God who created it. The Bible says that God is the father of all spirit because God created all spirit, whether it's the spirit of human or is the spirit of angels. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 9 says that, Father, we have fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reference. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? Mankind is generally described as the offering of God in Acts chapter 17, verse 29. Even the unbeliever is referred to as the offering of God. Even the unbeliever, God is the father of their spirit in the sense that he is the one that created every single one of the spirits. And because spirits will live forever, because they are spirit, because they are created in the image of God, after the likeness of God, every spirit will live forever. The spirit of angels will live forever. The spirit of human will live forever. Even the angels that rebel against God, they cannot die. Even the spirit of unbeliever that rebel against God, they cannot die. Every spirit will live forever. But it's either they live with God in the new heaven or new earth, or they live away from God in the lake of fire. It is our choice. The fact is that a spirit will not disappear. A spirit will not disappear. Don't let anybody confuse you. It is our choice where we want to spend eternity, either with God or with Satan in the lake of fire. The truth is that God cannot allow a rebellious spirit to be roaming around the new heaven and the new earth. A rebellious spirit will do so much damage. I mean, can you see the damage that people do? People with flesh and blood. <laughs> can you see the damage that they can do? The Hitlers of this world. I mean, look at the world that is going on around us. History is full of the evil that man and woman can do to another human. How much more when such spirit is liberated from the restriction of this body? Do you know how much evil a single rebellious spirit can do? That is why they have to be incarcerated. But you and I have the choice today to decide where we are going to spend our eternity. Praise the Lord. Only man is endowed with an immortal soul. Only man. Because only man, only humanity, only the man and the woman is created in the image of God. The Bible never affirmed that animals are created in the image of God. Therefore, the Bible never affirmed that animals are endowed with immortal soul. Okay, indeed, there will be animals in the new heaven and the new earth. Okay, God created animals in the Garden of Eden. And the revelation of the scripture is that God is going to create animals in the new heaven and the new earth. But we need to get that clear. And, and, and I think I'm going to come back next time to talk about this because there are some issues here that we need to clarify. Okay. So I will, I will say that again here. The fact is that it's only human. As far as the biblical revelation is concerned, it's only human that are created in the image of God. And therefore, it's only human that the Bible tells us possesses immortal soul. In other words, when animal dies, they extinct. Okay, they don't. They are, they don't have immortal soul. They don't exist forever. Now, there are some issues that I will need to clarify, or there are some issues that I will need to raise because I need to clarify some issue here. 
But 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 suffice to say for tonight that the Bible definitely did not affirm that animal possess immortal soul. In other words, that means that when they die, that is the end of it. Will there be animals in the new heaven and the new earth? The suggestion of the scripture is yes. God did create animals in the Garden of Eden, but God did not say, let us create animals in our own image and after our own likeness. The Bible didn't say that God created the body of animals and breathed into them the breath of life and lions become a living soul. No, that only applied to humanity. That is specifically for human. Okay, will there be animals in the new heaven and the new earth? Let us read Isaiah chapter 11, because that suggests to me that there will be animals in the new heavens and the new earth. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 to 9. The wolves also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed their young ones, shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the ass, and the wind child shall put his hand on the cock trees then. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. You can see the Bible says animals will be there, but these are animals that are not a threat to human as they are now. You can see the way he said over there, there will be peace. There won't be, you know, animals that feed or, 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 or attack other animals or attack humans. Something has happened. Because this is talking about the millennial reign of Christ. In that environment, the animals <laughs> will also be under the effect and the influence of the knowledge. He said, they shall not hurt or destroy. In all my holy mountains, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to come back because there are, there are issues about will my pet, will my dog that die, will they be in heaven? And my understanding of the scripture, the revelation I see here in the scripture is that when animals die, that is the end of it. Now there will be animals in heaven, but they won't be the same animals that, that were here. And we are going to just look at a couple of things next time. Okay. But they will be there. That is my understanding of the scripture, that the animals will be there. Again, what we are saying here is that it's only human that is endowed with an immortal soul. And that the Bible does not affirm that with respect to animals. And we are going to look at some of the implication of this next time by the grace of God. Now, if you are listening to me tonight, remember what we said. You and I are the ones that are going to decide where we will spend eternity. You will not cease. You will not disappear. Cessationism is a lie. You have the choice to decide where you and I are going to spend eternity. I have the choice to decide where I will spend eternity. You have the choice. The choice is whether you will accept God's Messiah, whether you will accept the way of rescue, the way of entrance that God has provided. You don't have to, but there is no other name given among men whereby we might be saved. If you have to get into God's kingdom, if you have to live in God's house, you have to come God's way because that is the only way. For all have sinned are falling short of the glory of God, but God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. You can come to Jesus, just bow down your head where you are. God is everywhere. Ask him, tell him that you are a rebel, you are a sinner. Okay, tell him that you want him to be your Lord and Savior. Tell him to rescue you, to save you. We, 
you will take that heart that is dead out of you, that spirit that is dead, that is disconnected. It will take it out and it will give you a new spirit and you'll be connected with heaven and it will walk the rest of this life with you. And when this life is over, it will bring you home and you will spend eternity with him in a new heaven and a new earth. Do it today because tomorrow may be too late. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.